0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Mark Geist Show. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode. Uh, still working hard to try to get this really up to snuff and pretty professional. I think I've gotten pretty good on the technical side, and I'm um, trying to figure out uh, hosting a hosting solution where I can put everything. I'm. This is really my first time going through the ins and outs of all this, so thanks for sticking with me, and I really appreciate it. It's been fun to have an outlet to, to get my viewpoints out there when I oftentimes I don't have people to be able to talk through these kind of things with and it's just it's just nice to have this this free outlet for expression so what I want to talk about today and I started to touch on it in the previous episode episode six but the whole Bernie Sanders phenomenon and how he has come to the Democratic National Convention and he has just been Hillary Clinton's lapdog. And we knew before that he had endorsed Hillary. We knew all that. We knew he was going to speak. We knew that his supporters weren't happy. But I think this has far exceeded my expectations. I use exceeded. But in terms of the animosity that the Bernie supporters have had and really the lengths that the, that the Democratic Party has gone to to demonize and silence the, the hardcore Bernie supporters, the Bernie or bust people. And you had Sarah Silverman come out and call the Bernie or bust people. I think it was, I think she used the word ridiculous, th- that they were being ridiculous. Um, and it's just been very surprising uh, coming into this election. So if you had talked to me, say, at the beginning of the year, at the at the turn of 2015, coming into 2016, I would have called the Democratic Party by far the more unified of the two parties. You know, neither was perfectly unified obviously, and I think it's impossible for a party to really be perfectly unified in a two-party system when you have 330 million people in your country. But I definitely would have called the Democrats the more unified party. And I thought the, re- the Republicans there was much more much more friction there and much more potential for uh, for fractious relations. But a lot of people on the right have fallen in line behind Donald Trump. There still are a lot of people out there that haven't. Uh, but a lot more people on the right have fallen behind Donald Trump and accepted his nomination than have fallen in line behind Hillary Clinton. And I think that was the case even before this whole email leak came out, where basically the, the Democratic Party establishment was conspiring against Bernie Sanders. And the hardcore Bernie supporters, they're coming out obviously defending their position and i think they do have a very defensible position but who else is really talking about how bernie sanders got screwed i think the libertarians have rallied to bernie's aid to bernie's support in terms of defending not his ideas obviously libertarianism and the brand of of democratic socialism that that bernie is promoting they are pretty much two opposite sides of the spectrum but i think that at least pragmatic libertarians come at things from a much fairer viewpoint. They're much less partisan. Um, I, I think that's fair to say. You know, I, I may be being biased, but I don't see anybody from the Republican establishment coming out in support of Bernie. I know Trump came out and he called the whole system rigged against Bernie. I think that may have been a... That probably was a political stunt. And he came out after the fact and said that... <laughs> basically called Bernie weak and spineless because he came out and, like I said before, essentially has been Hillary Clinton's lapdog. But libertarians, though, though they despise what Bernie stands for, and I was probably the hardest on Bernie throughout this whole campaign because just so much of what he says is so ridiculous and not grounded whatsoever in reality. It is all rhetoric-based and you can you can get into an argument about any one of these progressive policies and destroy it pretty easily if you have any sort of knowledge of history or any sort of knowledge of how economics or incentives work. You can dismantle any of Bernie's arguments or any of the arguments of his or any of the arguments by his supporters. So libertarians have no reason really to rally behind Bernie. You know, they don't they don't want Bernie to be president. They didn't want Bernie to be president. But they realize that what is happening to Bernie Sanders is what has happened to libertarians and to the you know to the Liberty movement within the Republican Party. The Republican Party has been more receptive. That's really been where uh, where libertarianism has found more of a niche. Um, the Libertarian Party obviously is growing, and I much more advocate hopefully having a viable third-party option with Libertarian with the libertarian party and with libertarian ideals able to take hold there. But within the two party system, uh, libertarians have definitely found a bigger home in the Republican Party. but they've been marg- marginalized. and the same thing happened to Ron Paul in 2012, where if I said this in the I said this in the previous podcast, but if the same emails had come out, if WikiLeaks had released the same set of emails from the, the Republican National Committee. So in the same amount of time, I'm sure you probably would have seen reasons or ways to demonize Ron Paul or ways to blackball Ron Paul from, from media coverage. You would have seen the same thing. And Ron Paul really is that quintessential face of the liberty movement. And one of the reasons why I think despite Gary Johnson doing well in the polls, I think really any Libertarian Party nominee would have done better in the polls this time around than, than the nominee would have done in 2008 or 2012 unless that nominee had been had been ron paul so i think gary johnson it's nothing to do with gary johnson or with the liberty movement really picking up steam i think it just much more has to do with how unlikable these two candidates are from the vast majority of people's perspective that's why they're turning to just the other candidate which at this point is is gary johnson Uh, but the important thing is libertarians right now are able to look across across the spectrum and it's it's kind of that idea that first they came for the communists and I did not speak out then they came for the socialists and I did not speak out then they came for etc etc I did not speak out then they came for me and there was no one left for for there was no one left to speak for me that's really what's happening here and if the establishment's able to screw somebody like Bernie out who did have a lot of supporters behind him and I at least respected Bernie, and I've said that multiple times on this program, because he's consistent. You know, he, what he says is antithetical to a lot of what I believe, and I think he's advocating statism on, a, on an unprecedented level for the United States of America. But he's at least principled. He at least has principles, and he stands by them. Or he did, up until now. He ran a campaign based on going against Hillary Clinton. Of course, he talked a lot about Donald Trump, too, but really in the primary... It was He was focused on me versus Hillary. And he said a lot of things that I think people across the political spectrum can agree with about Hillary Clinton, that she is part of the system. She's a huge part of the system, and she really embodies everything that so many people hate about the system and that so many people are fed up with about the system and why a lot of people are turning toward somebody like Donald Trump or why more and more people are turning toward libertarianism, especially young people. So I think he said a lot of things about Hillary that made a lot of sense. And that maybe helped people that don't agree with Bernie ideologically, but at least came to respect him because you know he was rallying against somebody within his own party, but he was rallying against something that he something that was antithetical to what he stood for, and so there is something to say There, there is something to be said about that, but he comes to the Democratic National Convention and he's the star of the show and he came out I couldn't believe it I watched a little bit of his speech beforehand when he was trying to quiet down his supporters I believe it was outside the it was outside Wells Fargo Center but he's talking to them they were booing him like crazy I could not believe him or I could not believe it it was it was really wild you know I knew they turned against the idea of him of him uh, endorsing Hillary Clinton. They turned against him a little bit, but I didn't expect the kind of uh, vitriol from his supporters toward him. But I think he deserves it. I think these people, the people that supported Bernie Sanders, were among the poorest and least well-off in the United States. And I haven't seen the statistics statistics on this, but I'm pretty sure I'd be willing to bet good money that his average donation size was the smallest of any candidate, probably by a long shot. And I think I've I think I've read that somewhere. That's probably why that stuck in my mind. Uh, but his supporters were a ton of, a lot of college kids, a lot of kids that have just graduated from college, that are out paying student loans, that don't make any money, that are fed up with the system because they they think they were promised a good job if they just went to college, but now they're working in the same job they could have gotten without going to school. And they think that the whole world's, out against them and that what needs to change is the rich need to be punished more but this was the group of people that were supporting him and were sending him campaign contributions and really were were the backbone of this bernie revolution whatever you want to call it uh this whole bernie phenomenon he did far better than anybody could have ever expected you know i didn't think that the democratic race would really be close i thought he would have a strong group of niche supporters but he gave hillary a good run for her money and maybe if the system was different he actually could have won And maybe if the media hadn't conspired against him, maybe he could have won the Democratic nomination. I still wouldn't have bet on it. But he did pretty well in in a lot of states. I live in North Dakota. He dominated in North Dakota, dominated the the popular vote. It was, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something like 60-30 or, you know, 55-35 or something crazy like that Um, with, I think, some people voting for whoever else was in the race, Martin O'Malley or... Uh, whomever you could vote for in the democrats i think Uh, so it wasn't a 65 35 split or anything like that but um bernie did much better than anybody could have possibly expected and really the reason was because he had all these people behind him all these young people behind him and a lot of energy and a lot of people out volunteering and a lot of people sacrificing where maybe they could barely afford to sacrifice or they couldn't afford to sacrifice and I think it was uh, Jason Stapleton that was talking about on, on his show, it might have been a week ago, I think it was right after Sanders came out and endorsed Clinton, and there was somebody that had taken her student loan money and donated it all to the Bernie Sanders campaign, or everything extra to the Bernie Sanders campaign, thinking that he was going to get into office and he was going to pass some sort of student loan forgiveness. Somehow from somehow from on high, Bernie Sanders is going to implement Complete student loan forgiveness. And that was the gamble that she took. Now, obviously, I'm not advocating that you shouldn't be responsible for an action like that. But I think there were a lot of situations where people with nothing or, you know, very, very little to spare spared whatever they could to the Bernie Sanders campaign. And so it makes it that much more difficult now that he's really turned against what he stood for to endorse Hillary Clinton and be a lapdog for the Democratic establishment. So, I respect his supporters honestly for standing behind their ideals. And the Bernie supporters have been among the worst I think of of being these hardcore advocates for Black Lives Matter and for being violent in protests and I don't I haven't read about it much violence in the protests outside the DNC, but I also haven't looked for it. So there very well may have been violence happening outside. I'm really not sure, but I respect them for standing up for what they believe in, booing somebody who they ha- supported so much two weeks prior. Shows they're standing up for their principles at the very least. And they're not going to do what they're told just because somebody's telling them to do it. And I think you're starting to see that pattern in American politics where people are finally waking up. They, they have the internet now. They have a way to get information that's not all being filtered by a particular source, being filtered by a particular... Uh, a, a particular media company or by a particular newspaper they're able to go out and get this information they're able to formulate their own opinions and they're able to stand behind them and maybe they feel they feel less like they're alone when they can have these online communities where maybe people in their community there's not a huge uh i'm just using bernie as an example the whole bernie phenomenon maybe there aren't a ton of bernie supporters in your immediate area or in your immediate circle but you can go online and you can find this community it makes it much easier to stand by your ideals when you have those kind of support systems, you don't just have to rely on people that you know around you, but you can go out and find people easier than ever that do support you. So I think it's becoming easier and easier to stand behind what you believe in. And it's it's refreshing to see in a time in, a, in this in this election cycle where so many people are willing to compromise what they what they said wholeheartedly was their opinion. In their position just weeks prior just months prior and you saw it on the republican side too with people now rallying behind trump that two months ago said that they would never ever support donald trump that they could could never bring themselves to support donald trump so you're seeing it on on both sides where this is happening um so i i do want to have a shout out to the bernie supporters who i've been very critical of and i think they may they're probably lower information than even the base Trump supporters. I don't know it's it's pretty close. I don't know which one is lower information. Uh, which which base is lower information because I've had quite a few conversations with Bernie supporters that just numbs my mind. and I can't believe that people actually uh, actually believe the things that that they believe. And you know you start to introduce a little bit of logic into, an argument and it immediately goes to an emotional place and it's over of course there are trump supporters out there that the same thing happens where they have completely emotional positions behind things and they don't have facts to back it up so i'm not saying this is this is exclusively a bernie phenomenon it happens with the hillary supporters there are even some gary johnson supporters out there that are the same way there are dogmatic libertarians too that uh that are always going to have the same reflexive position on something without really anything to back it up or really able to logically state why they believe what they believe. So it happens everywhere, but I think the, the Bernie supporters were pretty bad, and that's why I harped on them the hardest, and I harped on Bernie particularly the hardest, because I think that Bernie's rhetoric, even more so than Donald Trump's rhetoric, and this might be controversial to say, but I think, I think Bernie's rhetoric is even more divisive than Trump's rhetoric. And everybody proclaims Donald Trump as being the as being this this huge divider where he's pitting he's pitting white males against everybody else and you know, that's why he's doing so well with white males and poorly in in other demographic categories but with bernie's rhetoric he is directly targeting huge portions of the population and basically saying it's your fault for not contributing enough the, the entire the rich you know an entire segment of the population that has brought economic growth to the nation that does create jobs no matter how much they want to say oh the, the rich don't create jobs it's it's the people that buy products and services that is the biggest fallacy that i've ever heard do you think that one billion people over in china don't want to buy products and services as much as you and i do you don't think there's as much demand? In all things being equal, there wouldn't be as much demand for products over in China, or the people in India don't have the same demand, wouldn't want to buy what we're able to buy. Demand is not what causes economic prosperity, and that's one of the biggest fallacies coming from the left, and it's constantly coming from the left. If you if you watch any sort of uh, any sort of left leaning show, you you could hear it once a night you hear it pretty pretty darn often and it's just accepted without any sort of pushback by anybody like oh yeah yeah that's true it's it's the people that that create economic growth it's 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 the consumers it's false very very false uh and so i want to get away from that because that's that's one of the things that bernie preaches that kind of way of looking at the world that all the rich are doing is sucking from the rest of us they're sucking our labor and not not paying us enough for for breaking our backs to to provide for them and it's an us versus them mentality and of course like i said before donald donald trump does have divisive rhetoric as well where he does demonize immigrants and pits uh you know in america versus the world type of uh type of really type of situation and that's dangerous too i'm not saying that that donald trump's rhetoric isn't dangerous but i think bernie's is even more dangerous in the here and now i have a much bigger problem with this this inner divisiveness uh with rich versus poor or you know whites versus minorities which he starts to push too he said some said said some pretty what i would call controversial things where he basically does blame white males for a lot of problems in this country says it we don't understand our privilege, and you know that's why that that's why things are are so tough for a lot of minority groups. That's an us versus them mentality, and those are things that affect us every single day. Where Donald Trump's talking about illegal immigrants, or he's talking about uh, people trying to come here from from other countries or terrorists. Yes, it's an us versus them mentality, but it's not as damaging to our everyday lives as the rhetoric that that Bernie Sanders has had. That's just my opinion. Of course a lot of people would say the other way around that oh the rich deserve to get demonized so there's no problem with what Bernie's saying or white males need to realize their privilege so there's no problem with what Bernie Sanders is saying. I disagree but that's been one of the reasons why I've been so critical of Bernie. But none of that changes what has happened now and I think he has sold out. You look at some of these pictures of him and I know pictures a lot of times you can catch people in a in a particular you know, in a particular stance or with a particular expression where maybe it doesn't tell a thousand words, maybe it's just misleading. But there are quite a few pictures of Bernie and he just looks exasperated, like he knows that he he knows that he made a mistake, or maybe not a mistake, but he knows that he did something that maybe he shouldn't have done. I think there's a lot of regret going through his head. And obviously the the rhetoric from the Democratic Party is that we need to do whatever we can to stop Donald Trump from being president. But at what point, at what point do you cross that line where I no longer stand by any of the principles that I had two weeks prior? And all that I do now is really sell out in order for me to get the lesser of two evils, possibly the lesser of two evils. Though I'd probably say that Donald Trump is closer in a lot of ways ideologically to Bernie Sanders than Hillary Clinton is. And I know he's i know he's talked about the Democratic platform for this year. It's the most progressive platform they've ever had. He said that in his speech. And yes, Bernie has moved the discussion in the Democratic Party further left, further to a socialist agenda. And that's been one of the biggest impacts of his campaign. So it's not that his campaign has been all for nothing. Because I think if, if you are one of his supporters, you have impacted this race in a lot of ways. But for Bernie to be able to get up on that stage and be able to get out in public and endorse Hillary Clinton when you see that the system was rigged against him, I just can't believe that. I can't believe that he would put his pride aside and be willing to do that. Maybe some people would say that's something that you should respect him for, for being willing to put his pride aside. But when a whole system is rigged against you like that, how could you possibly want to go and try to strengthen that system? And that's what he's doing. He is strengthening that system. He's bringing more voters to Hillary. Of course, there are going to be a lot of people that never go to Hillary because they can't bring themselves a supporter. They think she's a, she's a crony capitalist and she is evil and I would agree with both of those statements personally so there are a lot of Bernie supporters that will never go there but a lot of them will be swayed by what he's saying and so Bernie is strengthening that exact system that shut him out and that really didn't allow him to have a fair shot to win the Democratic nomination and for Hillary Clinton to have the audacity she doesn't even care anymore so Debbie Debbie Wasserman Schultz steps down she resigns as uh, as the chair of the Democratic National Committee. Hillary immediately hires her. I think she hired her before she even officially stepped down from the post. Th- that press release was out so quickly. I-, I can't believe you wouldn't even try to hide that. It is just incredible to me that Hillary, she realizes she can get away with anything. There are different standards for her than there are for anybody else. Than there are for the rest of us. And we were saying the same thing after... The email scandal that there were different standards that if any of us have been in that position if any of us in, in lesser jobs with companies or if you work for the government lower level jobs you would have at the very least been fired if not sent to jail or fined or you know whatever you would have been punished harshly that would not have gone down with a fight even though you, you would be dealing in all likelihood with far less serious secrets with far less serious information that could have gotten stolen, that you were putting on your private servers. But Hillary Clinton plays by different rules from everyone else, and she's she's not even trying to hide it anymore. She comes out and hires Debbie Wasserman Schultz right away after she steps down due to a scandal where she was conspiring for Hillary to be the nominee and to demonize Hillary's opponent. It's just, it is wild to me. So how Bernie can go out there when all this is happening... And, and support Hillary, I I lost whatever respect I had for him. And the respect I had was not due to having any sort of alignment ideologically with him, but it was that he at least was principled. And the number of principled people in American politics is extremely small and extremely rare. So even though you're completely opposed to me, I at least, I at least uh, can respect you still. Because you're standing for something, and you're not going to be corrupted by the changing minds of the public or by money or by you know the democratic party machine or the republican party machine trying to corrupt whatever those principles were But that's exactly what happened here and it just it really disappoints me because not that i'm sad to see this socialist wing of the democratic party splitting up and losing the cachet that it had coming into this election because I'm not. I don't want to see us move further to the left. I don't want to see us move in a socialist direction whatsoever. But at least it was a sign I think that people were willing to think for themselves a little bit. People weren't necessarily just buying into whatever these two major parties had to say for them. They were willing to go out and find their own candidate. They were willing to go out and find like-minded people rather than depending on the establishment that's been so effective In my entire lifetime in generations upon generations at getting people out to vote and swinging people to their points of view into keeping this this duopoly in place with the two parties and make it virtually impossible for a third-party candidate to ever have a legitimate shot at the US presidency so they have done a really good job at that but movements like the Ron Paul movement or the Bernie Sanders movement they've both proven or they proved up until Bernie Sanders went and sold out that I think there was hope for people to organize and for maybe somebody outside of that establishment to succeed. Now Trump you can throw in that category as well and Trump is obviously still going strong and I, I predict that he will win at this point. The fact that he and Hillary are in dead heat And I think the the big states of New York and California are heavily in favor of Hillary Clinton. So if you're looking at just national polls and looking at percentages, probably Trump would win the Electoral College based on these votes because I think the landslides in those big states is skewing the popular vote toward Hillary. So even if they're in a dead heat in terms of the popular vote, Trump would probably still win the Electoral College. Of course, that's right now. They're still over three months until the election. Still a ton of time for a lot to come out. WikiLeaks still says it has more to come from the whole DNC scandal. Um, So more information is going to come out. Obviously, the race is not static. It's a very dynamic race, and more and more is going to come out. But I just needed to have a discussion about what Bernie did and why it surprised me so much and why I don't blame his supporters for being mad. And for the Democratic national committee for a lot of the speakers at this convention to just demonize those people for standing behind what they fought for for months upon months it was just unfair and for all you bernie supporters if you were supporting it because he was an outsider and you thought he's going to change the system you didn't necessarily agree with him ideologically but you just kind of got behind this outsider trend we welcome you in the libertarian party and i think the fact that a lot of libertarians are speaking out in favor of the Bernie or bust people and saying we don't blame you for being pissed we would welcome you with open arms in the libertarian party we welcome you to explore some of our principles um explore some of the principles of libertarianism and hopefully you could see all that this has to offer and how this is a consistent principle-based philosophy political philosophy you don't necessarily have to come and join the libertarian party um, i've got a lot of problems with the libertarian party myself uh, but in terms of the idea of libertarianism and coming to the Liberty movement, I think you could find a home here And I think if you take whatever principled stand Bernie took as misleading as I think it is or as as uh, you know as harmful as I think, those principles are there at least are principles. So if you're looking for a principle-based uh, political philosophy, I welcome you to check out libertarianism and I think that we do a pretty good job of, Treating these outsider movements with fairness and putting ourselves in those people's shoes, because I don't see anybody else really speaking out in favor of Bernie. Even a lot of previous Bernie supporters now are demonizing the Bernie or Bust people and saying, "Oh, you've got to grow up. You've got to, you've got to come and you've got to, you've got to support Hillary Clinton. Do your part for the party." Well, why the hell would you do that when the party sure, the party sure wasn't there for you. The party wasn't standing for your voice. Why? do they have the audacity to think that you're going to fall in line just because they tell you to. So that's my spiel on this whole thing. Um I appreciate having the outlet to to really vent a little bit and to give my opinion on this whole phenomenon and uh if I'd been doing this throughout the whole cycle I would have had a lot of critical talk about Bernie Sanders and just how off the rails he is. But still having some respect for what he did up until now, up until he decided to endorse Hillary Clinton. I needed to, needed to talk about that a little bit. So thank you for listening. Hopefully I'll have another one out soon. We'll see what else happens at the uh, at the Democratic National Convention. One little side note, I, I was watching a little bit of the Chris Murphy speech, and they also had a woman on stage uh, whose son was killed in the Orlando massacre. And really just the anti-gun rhetoric is pretty surprising and this seems like the gun day for the dnc and i don't know how many people that's going to rally to your side and to make you want to support the democratic party when most people in the heartland of this country do not want increased gun regulation and they understand that that gun regulation on the federal level is unconstitutional on the state level you can do whatever you want but to be clamoring for the federal government to come in and take action and they're doing the same thing for policing they want the federal government to come in and take action to fix policing yeah because the federal government getting involved is always has always been such a great solution to fix problems look at what it's done for our for education system and look at what it's done for uh, drugs bringing the federal government in to to make certain drug crimes federal crimes all this has been horrible the, the whole federal war on drugs. Just the whole thing has been deplorable and an utter failure. So for us to be clamoring, or for them to be clamoring that what we need is the federal government to come in and fix the gun issue. I'm telling you, the federal government coming in is just going to muddle things up even further. But that seemed like the theme of today being Wednesday. And it's just it's shocking to me the way people eat this up and think that that's going to fix things. Just increased... Gun legislation on the federal level is is going to fix whatever problems there are with massacres, which are really baited in or really based in societal issues. But I don't want to get too far into that. I'm sure I will do something on guns at some point and my position on the whole thing. But just want to give a little side note about what I observed from today. So thank you for listening. Hopefully, I will have another one of these out later this week, depending on what happens. Uh, Have a great, uh, great rest of your week. And hopefully it cools off.